Welcome to the Dulas Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome back to the Digging Deeper Podcast for episode six. I'm your host, Matt Cameron, and I've got with me today the one and the only Joel Cogdale. Joel, greet everyone. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's good to be with you. Uh, excited to be on the podcast today. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Now, I got to ask you, how many podcasts have you done before in your life? Um, well, I do the uh, Leader's Guide. So, so a ton. T- a ton. A ton. Yeah. So you're in this. But but I'm never talking to somebody else. It's just me in a room by myself. So it's, <laughs> it's exciting to like have a conversation. Well, there we go. So Joel has been working at Crossroads for how many years now? 13. 13. You just had the anniversary, yeah. right? Yep. I'm a teenager now. You're a teenager <laughs> now. That's great. So we've worked together a long time. Before we get into our game, just give everyone real quick, what do you think the biggest area of growth that you've seen personally in the last 13 years? Mm. For myself? Yeah. Hmm. I think, um, I think for me being a parent, um, yeah. when, when you get kids – you're forced to grow in ways that you never imagined. Um, I realized how um, selfish I was in my younger <laughs> years. And um, I feel like so much of my life now is spent caring for others, looking out for others. Um, and I think in a lot of ways that's, that's kind of transferred over to my role here in the church, um, trying to shepherd and, and be a leader. And so I think just kind of growing as a leader would probably be the biggest thing personally. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's crazy how... When we both got hired, we were in our young 20s. I mean, I was 22, but I was hired two years before you. Yep. And you were hired as a 22-year-old yep. too, right? And so just to see now, here we are in our mid-30s. Yep. You're more mid than I am. I'm in the upper mids. Um, but it's just cool. It's cool to get to be a part of that. Not too many people get to like grow through all those yeah. years of ministry together. So that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. So let's let everybody get to know you a little bit. We like playing games on this podcast uh, just to kind of get to know each other. And so here's the game. I don't know if you guys have seen it on Twitter, but there's this hashtag where people explain a film plot badly. Okay. So you describe a film in like the worst way possible, and then the other person's got to guess what film I'm describing or what film you're describing. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So we both came prepared for this, but we have not seen each other's answers. Correct. I'm going to go first. You guess, you guess what film I'm talking about okay. with this terrible explanation. Okay? So, young girl with mental illness talks to furniture and marries her kidnapper. Read it again. Young girl with mental illness talks to furniture and marries her kidnapper. You got, you got to dig deep. I don't know. Beauty and the Beast. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I should have got that's, that's the talking to furniture part should be it. Should yeah, be yeah. I wasn't even thinking animation. All right, here we go. You get you get one to me. Okay. A guy has a Bible in his backpack. People try to kill him for it. Book of Eli. Got it. Bam. Nailed it. I got lucky on that one. Okay. Um, all right. Here you go. I. I think you can get this one, Joel. Okay. Okay. A series of naps. Groundhog Day? 
Ooh, that's close. I'm going to give you one more try. Okay. Think of it. A series of naps. It's so vague. I don't know. Inception. Mm. I think it could work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got another one? Yeah. Um, okay. I know you like this movie. Uh, two friends road trip across the country to Aspen to return a briefcase. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. That is a great <laughs> one of my One of my all-time favorites. All right. I'm going to try to give you one that, uh, that you might you might be able to go. You got to think back a while okay. on this one, okay? So, public transportation running ahead of schedule for once. I'm the worst person at this game. Um, <laughs> it has to go a certain mile per hour if that helps. Public transportation. A bus. Running ahead of schedule for once. Oh, speed? Speed! Okay. You got okay. it. See? Okay. There you go. All right. On the board. <laughs> what uh, do we got? Two to one? Yeah, it's two to one. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, this one will be pretty easy, but you'll get it. Um, lion Cub gets lost, comes back, and claims Big Rock. I think that's obvious that it's the Lion King. Yeah. Okay, good. I was really scared that, like, I was not, I was thinking, like, are we talking Chronicles of Narnia or what? What is this? Okay. Um, let's see. I'm trying to find a good one for you. Here's a good one. This is a classic movie. Academy Award winner. Mm. Okay. You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. Friend zoned for three decades. Girl finally likes him. She dies. This is back in the day? Yeah. Our day. Young days. Friend zoned for three decades. Girl finally likes him. She dies. Sweet Home Alabama. Oh. Forrest Gump. Mm. Isn't that the worst mm. description of that movie? Man. <laughs> like, Man. Totally killed the whole plot. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Three to one. Yeah. Uh, Give me one more. Okay, one more. Here we go. Two employees travel across the country selling brake pads and attempt to save the company. <laughs> These are all my favorite movies. Tommy Boy. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> all right. We want to do one more? We're, we're going to make this one the, uh, the equalizer, all right? Because okay. it's four to one. You've given me a lot of easy ones. I've yeah. given you hard ones. So we've got – this is a five-pointer. <laughs> okay. If you, you do this one, you take the lead. Okay. Are you ready? I'm, I'm nervous. But okay, yeah. we're going to animation again. Okay. After the death of her parents, a young socialite causes millions in property damage. Frozen. Nailed it. Okay, there we go. Nailed it. Man, there we go. coming from behind. <laughs> Joel takes the lead. It's now six to four. Joel, how much is my, my, my question worth? Um, let's see. Gosh, 
this one's not even, I, I, I didn't, I needed to come up with more. Um, it's got to be a, we'll say a two-pointer. Two-pointer. Okay. okay. So this either gives me the tie yeah. or this gives us Th this one's close. This you. one's close to my heart. Okay. Can I go ahead and say Hoosiers before you do it? How did you know? I knew you said it was close to your heart. Oh. Like I knew that's what you were gonna guess. Man, I can't. That's all I have. <laughs> that's it. Well, Joel, we tied. So you know what that means, right? Tell me. You're gonna have to come back one of these days. Okay. And we're gonna have to avenge the tie in the uh, in the poorly <laughs> described movie. Yeah, plots. I'm gonna have to like go on a, a movie watching binge to yeah. catch up. I and, and just, it, it's so just not your nature to describe something poorly. No, like you had to try so hard. Yeah, to find a way to just describe things in the worst way possible. Yeah, which I love. All right, well, let's get down to it. Let's do on it. On Sunday, we went through the first six verses of Ephesians chapter four. You did an incredible job just explaining to everybody. Um, really what it looks like to live a life or to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which you've been called. So Paul says that here. He also says, and that's what I was quoting, that to, to, live, uh, to live a life worthy of the calling that we receive. So you have these, these phrases, but summarize it just real quick. Summarize your sermon for everybody um, that maybe didn't get to watch it on Sunday or get to be here, what does it actually mean to live a life worthy of the calling that we received? Well, I mean, it's, it's all based on um, really the, everything that, that Paul describes in the book of Ephesians, in the first three chapters, that, that we have received every spiritual blessing in Christ, that we've, um, we were dead, but now we've been made alive. And uh, the, the God of all creation has, has given us this, this calling to um, live a life that reflects yeah. the salvation that we have. You know, it's like this, this idea that we have a, um, a million dollar salvation, but so often we live like this five cent life, you know, wow. and, yeah. and what God has called us to is to um, make sure that our life lines up with what we profess to believe. And I think that's something that a lot of people, um, students, adults struggle with yeah. is, is, is kind of, um, having your, your life and your beliefs match up with one another. Man, that's good. So where Paul comes at chapter four is he kind of takes a different, um, a different path than what he's taking for the first three chapters. First three chapters describe all of these things that we have. They're very like theological, they're doctrine. And then verse, or chapters four through six are much more application. Like this is practical steps of how we're supposed to interact with each other. So one of the things that you didn't have time to get into a ton on Sunday, but in verse 2, when it's talking about this unity in the body of Christ, he gives us these different steps where he says, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So when we are talking about unity, We've done this a lot. We've talked mm -hmm. about how there should be no dividing wall of hostility when we talked through chapter 2 last week in Ephesians 3 that we're partakers in the same uh, promise, that we're co-heirs, that we're members of the same body, that kind of same phrase. So here Paul changes it a little bit, and he talks to, talks to us about how mm -hmm. we're supposed to interact with each other. And I want to break down just for a little bit of time here 
What are the difference between these things? Why is Paul calling out all of this? And honestly, it's kind of a progressive list. Right. So he starts with, um, with all humility. Give us just your quick definition of humility. What, what does it mean to pursue this bond of peace or the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace um, in humility? Why, why humility? Yeah, I, I've heard it described before that humility is not um, thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking about yourself less. Yep. And um, I think with, with all of these um, qualities or characteristics that, that are described here, um, we see all of these exemplified in Jesus. Yep. And so Jesus becomes the basis for these. Um, but, but humility, uh, if you're going to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you've been, been called to, then, then it, first of all, you, you, can't, you can't be on an ego trip. Yep. You, you can't think of yourself, like we read in Philippians 2, to think of yourself more highly than you ought. Yep. Um, but, but you have to take on the attitude of Christ and, and humble yourself. That's good. So when Paul says, with all humility and then with gentleness, mm -hmm. gentleness or meekness, what, what is he talking about with gentleness? And, or maybe it's a better way to ask it. Why is gentleness important when you're trying to keep unity? Yeah, I think, I mean, just look at our world today, right? Yep. Like everybody is vicious and there's attacking and um, gentleness isn't, isn't necessarily being passive, but it's, it's an attitude that, that you possess. Um, I think of um, in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, when Jesus tells us to, you know, take my yoke upon you yeah. for I am gentle and lowly of heart. Like, yeah. again, Jesus models this, he exemplifies this. And um, when, when you approach a person or you approach a, a situation where maybe it can be tense, maybe there can be um, potential for hostility or people to lose their cool a little bit, um, People are going to be drawn to um, somebody who is who is gentle because it's it's the last thing they expect. Yeah. So. And in our world today, where there is so much hate, so much just difficult things that we're dealing with, when you're filled with anger about something, you know, I'm upset about this. This, this shouldn't have ever happened, all those sort of things. It's difficult to get your point across when out of my anger, I'm, you know, arguing with everybody and I'm um, speaking in hateful ways mm -hmm. or anything like that. And what, what Jesus says in the, in the Beatitudes, that blessed are the meek or the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. And when we can understand that a gentle word sometimes can be what helps us keep unity. And especially in this time when there's so many things that are trying to divide us and bring disunity, to have that gentleness, it's, it's so important. So mm -hmm. humility, gentleness, patience. So now it's not just the attitude I have, but it, it's, it's that I'm willing to wait on you and what it's going to take. Because when we're talking about unity, there's so many things that come and try to pull us apart that there's times when you get frustrated that people aren't as far along mm. as you are, right. right? Or they don't have the same understanding just yet. And there's times when we just have to have patience, mm -hmm. you know, especially right now, if we can be kind of vulnerable for a moment, like the, the way that ministry has changed in these last four months, like 
I know you talk, talked about at the beginning that, you know, you've changed to more of a shepherd role over these last few years, but you look at how drastically we've had to just kind of shift mm. our ministry when everything went online. And then even now, all we're really allowed to do on campus is a worship service. Right. And so it's changed the way that, that we have to do things and the way that we can, we can bring about this. And there's times even when we're looking at it and going, man, I just, I wish I could get back to this. I wish I could do all this sort of things. And there's times where the enemy can use all of that to divide us. Mm -hmm. The enemy could use that to braid all kinds of disunity, and he does it in everybody. Your situation, for a lot of you that are listening, you're not a minister at a church, but you've had moments in your own family, in your friends group, where Man, there's things that just pull apart and try to try to try to put up walls in the middle of your relationships. And what Paul tells us to do is have humility, have gentleness, have patience. I'm willing to wait on you. And then he kind of caps it all off where he says, bearing with one another, but he doesn't stop there. Mm. Bearing with one another in love. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that's the one he saved for last? I think it's interesting that he he says with one another that this is something that we're in together. Yeah. Um, he's building this idea of unity in the church, and mm-hmm. the church is not an individual sport; it's a team sport. And if we're going to make the difference that that Christ calls us to, then we are going to have to learn to rely on one another. And you know, if you've ever if if you've ever been a part of like a a sports team or you've ever done a group project at school. Um, for it to be good, everybody's got to, you got to be in it together. And all those other qualities kind of lead up to this one to where if you have this humility and you have this gentleness and you have this patience, then you're going to be in a position where you can successfully and effectively bear with one another in love. Um, If not, you're just going to bang your head up against the wall in frustration. Yeah. And it's, you know, when Paul makes his list, almost always he ends with love. Mm. It's just kind of the way that you, you see it through there. And it, I, I just, I love the way the Bible uses love to be kind of this defining characteristic, not just of God, but of, of us, mm. of Christians, you know, where, where Jesus said in John thirteen thirty five that um, the, the world will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And this is what should define us as Christians. It's not all the things that we're against. It's not, man, we really know how to fight a a fight. It's that we're willing to bear with one another in love, to to let love cover over all these things for us. And that's what's this example to the world around us is things that should have torn apart the church, Mm -hmm. things that should have torn apart relationships. What we're able to do through humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, we're able to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Um, it's pretty powerful stuff. Mm. But where Paul goes from there, he starts talking about all these different ones, right? And I'm just going to go through them real quick, and then we'll talk about them. He says, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. So, when Paul talks about 
all these different ones. Give us just a little bit. Why is it so important that we understand that there's only one body, that there's only one spirit, one father, one faith, one baptism, all that? Uh, I, I think there's a couple things that come to mind. One is um, these three verses here really set the foundation for the unity that we're maintaining in the church. Absolutely. Um, so this idea that there is... Um, you see a picture of the Trinity here with the Father, the Son, um, and the Spirit, and there's this unity that exists mm -hmm. between them. So that becomes the foundation for the unity that we experience uh, as the body. But also when you think the context of where Paul is writing these words, he's in writing to the city in Ephesus that has um, this pagan influence. Yeah. You've got uh, a city full of gods and um, I'm reminded of Acts chapter 18 and 19. There's this riot that breaks out yep. in Ephesus yep. because Paul's going in and, and he's trying to just destroy the idol-making business. Mm -hmm. And and so he's he's riding to this city that is, it's a large city. It's a, it's a cosmopolitan, metropolitan city that resembles in a lot of ways the communities that, that we live in yep. today. And there's all these other gods that, that people are worshiping. There's all these things that are, that are, um, vying for people's attention. And, and Paul is writing saying there's, there's one God. There's not many gods. There's one God. There's one Lord. There's, there's one faith. And that, that, that unity there um, just kind of tees up everything that he says. All these practical applications aren't just plucked out of thin air. They're based on who God is. Yeah. And it's amazing that you can see the unity in God himself. That's with Jesus's prayer in John 17, mm -hmm. that the church would be one just like he and the Father are one. Right. Like they, they display such unity for us. And that is, it's the foundation where we get everything. Um, I love the way you said it on Sunday, that you and I, as members of the church, all of us, we're not the ones that make unity happen. Mm -hmm. How'd you say it on Sunday, that we... Uh, we're called to what? We're called to maintain it, yeah. not manufacture it. Yeah. We're called to keep it, not create it. Yeah. That, that's, that's our role. Um, God is the one who, who establishes it. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, doesn't that take the pressure off of us? Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. God's already done it. We just have to, we, we have to keep it. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is I, I think a lot of times people, people are scared to do things for the Lord because they feel like they've got to do it all in their own power, their own might, their own strength. And so you hear this idea of make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, and you're going, well, shoot, that's going to be really difficult. Right. But then when you realize where it comes from and that your job is just to maintain, mm -hmm. like you're not, you're not manufacturing, you're not creating this unity out of thin air. You're not the one that's going to go solve all these issues. No, you're the one that's just, you know, we're working together, but God's doing it. Mm -hmm. God's the one who unifies us. Yep. And, and it is. It is so um, relieving and pressure releasing that we don't have to put all that on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we see this importance for unity, that it's our job to maintain it. And I, I think those are really important lessons for us to learn. Um, but I also think there, there's times when it's good for us just to kind of like allow ourselves, you know, we talked at the beginning of this, that we've worked for a while, you've grown in a lot since you were 22 and came on staff. So let's go even farther back. Our, our primary audience is junior high, high school students. So if Joel Cogdale at 35 right. was to go back and have a conversation with yourself when you were 14, 
What do you, what do you think you'd want to say to yourself? Wow. When I, when I was younger, um, my identity was wrapped up in my accomplishments and my achievements. Yeah. It was, you know, trying to earn people's approval through, through getting good grades or excelling in sports, um, by just being put together. And I would just say, find your identity in Christ. Yeah. Um, for, for me, that's something that has been hard to shed even all these, all these years later. Um, but there's, you know, we talked about this whole idea of being, the pressure is off of us. It's so freeing and relieving when we realize that, that God's got this, that it's all based on him. Um, that he's the one who saves us. He's the one who sustains us. He's the one who, who carries us through it. And so for me, it would be um, stop trying to um, earn God's love, yeah. stop trying to earn God's approval and, and rest in your identity in Christ and who he's called you to be. Yeah. So Joel, as we wrap up today, um, you know, we've, we've talked about unity. We've talked about um, our role and how we maintain it. But is there anything else that you would want to just kind of give as the, the final thing? Hey, here's what I think is most important when it comes to this passage for everybody. Yeah, I think, again, we talked about this at the beginning, that this chapter marks this transition in the book where chapters four through six are about practical living. Chapters one through three are mainly about doctrine and, and theology. And I think when we, there's this temptation, when we read these lists of this is what you're to do, that there's a tendency for a couple of things to happen to us negatively. One is we, we get this idea that we think our standing with God is based on following all the rules or doing all these things. Um, or the, the second kind of negative thing is, is we think that there's no way I'm going to be able to live up to all that. There's no way I can possibly do that. And so we, we just kind of bail out. Yeah. To begin with, and 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 what I would just say is that what Paul constantly does, not just in Ephesians, but he does this in all of his letters, is he reminds us of who Jesus is. He reminds us of what he's done for us. He reminds us of who we are in Him, and he tells us all of those things before he ever tells yeah. us what to do. Yeah. And and we can't miss that because what we do flows out of of who we are, mm. and we just need to remember that we've been chosen. Uh, we've been made alive. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Um, like we, you talked about last week, this, this amazing, incredible power of God that yeah. we have at our disposal, yeah. like all of that um, allows us to live not in our own power, but it allows us to live out in, in the power of, of Christ, um, live out of the grace of Christ. That, that's what we possess. And so these commands, these things that, that Paul tells us to do, uh, by no means are we doing it our own strength. We're doing it because we're a changed people and we have God's spirit living inside of us, empowered by him, and that makes all the difference. Yeah, and it's honestly the only way that you and I can walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been yeah, called. that's the only way. Like, if, if you're trying to live up to that on your own strength. Yeah, by, good luck. Yeah, there's <laughs> none of us. None of us could do it. Um, so that's so good. Thank you for the reminder, Joel. Thank you for being a part of this. And... You're going to have to come back. Come back. Because we, we tied today. So. I got some movies to watch. There you go. Hey, thanks for listening today. If this has been helpful to you, make sure to share it with a friend or share it on your social media. And uh, we will see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Do Loss Youth. 
Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.